here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Just a warning for Shake Them Ropes listeners. This program may contain adult language, adult situations, and partial nudity. Jeff Hawkins here with Chris Novembrino. The definition of deus ex machina is a plot device where an unexpected power or event resolves a seemingly hopeless situation, especially as a contrived plot device in a play or novel. What if they create a hopeless situation, Jeff? <laughs> Chris, I'm going to tell a little story. Once upon a time, when A.J. Lee was with this company, and she won the Women's Championship, or I believe it was called the Divas Championship at that time. Butterfly title. She got, um, I believe, the date tattooed on the back of her neck. And the powers that be there mocked her for caring about such a thing. Lead writer of Raw was fired this week. One of the reasons, caring too much about changes in creative. Sasha Banks is sitting at home because she cares too much about the state of the women's tag team division and the women's tag team titles and wanting to make them something. An Emmy-winning producer, daytime Emmy, mind you, but an Emmy nonetheless, now has heat for apparently bringing the Emmy to work to show her team. God forbid you care about the WWE up until the point where you think you might be better than the WWE, and then we have a problem. We, this week, had Vince McMahon... And his grossly colored hair come out and announce, you know what? All that superstar shakeup business you've been watching for the past two weeks. Why did you care about that, guys? Because now we have the wild card rule where three members of the Raw roster can appear on SmackDown. Three members of the SmackDown roster can appear on Raw at any given time. But why stop at three, Jeff? Why stop at three? You know what I mean? What if it could be four? Wouldn't that be wilder? Chris, on tonight's SmackDown, we had, from Raw, AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, Jimmy and Jey Uso, and The Miz. How many is that? I count five. I count five as and well. And don't forget about so Lars Sullivan. Don't that. forget about Lars Sullivan, who has, I guess, the Lars Sullivan rule. 
<laughs> so that's six. We I, I'm at keep six it for a night. We couldn't keep it for 24 hours, even when saying Elias doesn't count. Why do we care? They don't care. It's product. And look, I know because I state this that I should not care this hard because Vince does not care about having a professional, a great wrestling company. But the whole thing he about cares about having a great entertainment. Company. Company. It was supposed to be about stories, Jeff. So if it's not going to be about the wrestling, if it's not going to be about the wrestling, it's supposed to be about the stories. And you're going to bring in writers to tell good stories. And maybe we're not going to have five star Kings Road 1990s Japan style matches, but we're going to have interesting stories. But we're not even getting that. And they want to be considered for an Emmy. I will consolidate all of the problems of this product. In a visceral scream? This, in, Do in, it in a visceral scream. T- in a two-minute two minute snippet from Raw on Monday night, Sami Zayn comes out during the... And I, I will use the worst character in the WWE right now, and that is Renee Young. I hate to say that, because I think Renee Young is pretty darn good as a broadcaster, pretty darn good as a studio host-type person. As a color commentator, she is fed lines to make her look stupid and to infuriate anybody trying to follow along this product. So, after Vince McMahon comes out with this wild card rule, and every time the wild card rule is mentioned, Renee has to yell, I love the wild card rule. Sami Zayn comes out. And we know he's going to complain about the WWE Universe. He's going to, what what is it, uh... Criticize the critics. Ah, uh, he's really punching down. It's awesome. And and Renee says sometimes harsh truths has to be said. We go to a commercial break. We come back. Sammy's in the ring, and Renee says, "I wish someone would shut him up." We have gone <laughs> from Renee supporting Sammy Zayn going into the commercial break. To loathing him coming out of the commercial break. They can't even feed their on-screen talent consistency for two minutes. It's as though the Fed lied was a bit of a Freudian slip fed to Renee Young. We have the jobs. Michael Cole goes out there and yells marketing slogans. Corey Graves is kind of a loose cannon. He just he gets to say what he wants. Or comment, he's kind of our Greek chorus. And Renee Young says whatever's fed to her, most of which is nonsensical gibberish. And she sort of plays a de facto face, and Corey plays a de facto heel most of the time. But she doesn't play a de facto face! I said sort of, because it doesn't, nothing ever holds, Jeff. There aren't hard and fast rules. If you asked Renee Young, what is your broadcast character? Right now, when you were the announcer on Raw, what is your character? What does your character do? She couldn't tell you. And it's not because she's, like, a bad person, doesn't understand it. Like, there is no character. There's nothing to tell you. And then, once we establish a wild card role, of course, uh, anybody can appear anywhere at any time. Let, let's, let's just say this. Let's say that they are struggling for <laughs> for any sort of audience where do we want to start on either of these shows chris um 
Where? I, I mean, how about the fact that the first hour of Raw was two segments of Vince McMahon in the ring, followed by the longest match of the night, which was Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley defeating your Universal Champion, Seth Rollins, and AJ Styles, which I guess sort of makes sense, but it's Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley. I believe on this show last week, I said... Well, we're having the contract signing now, and then next week we'll probably have some situation where they're put into a tag team and they can't get along. But this is like the dumbest possible version of that against the least formidable competition, and you could see this coming from a mile away. Well, Baron Corbin is in your Money in the Bank ladder match. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I... I guess it's an exciting thing that we get SmackDown talent on this but show. But 18 minutes of Bobby Lashley and Eight, Baron Corbin. Of Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin. Yeah, because... Uh, yeah, I'd strip away the money in the bank stuff. <laughs> Let's put it this way, guys. Chris and I had a long discussion about whether or not we were even going to do a Tuesday show from here on out. Not just tonight. From here on out. We're just, we may just go to watching network stuff and enjoying ourselves. Because... I can't enjoy myself watching this. I can't. I'm I'm trying hard. I like wrestling. No, I know I like wrestling. I like we, even... we I got my computer back on Friday night, and I called Jeff and I said, "Hey, the computer works. Let's put something out on the Patreon side." So there's a 1992 Battle Bowl that's going to be out. That's three hours long. Um, I like wrestling. I don't like this at all. I'm having no enjoyment, and I'm not going to do some sort of hate watch show. I don't think that's good radio. I don't want to just, I don't want to do that to myself. Jeff and I both said, like, we were watching Raw last night, and I watched it without the commercials, and I was still having the distinct feeling while I was watching it. I was like, I could do anything else right now. And I'm sitting here and watching the wild card rule. I, if I didn't have this show to review, I would have turned off that episode of Raw at the announcement of the wild card rule. I know that to be true. There there wouldn't have been a chance I would have watched the rest of that episode. And even talents that are getting built up are getting crushed in its wake. The Usos on SmackDown had an edge to them. Had a cool factor to them. They felt can't miss. They're, they're the new New Day. On Raw. They're the lovable pranksters. Because they were probably a bit too edgy for, for Vince. Putting... <laughs> Icy Hot. They're bullying the Revival, is what they're tr- doing. They're bullying, they're bullying the, revival. the Revival, is what they're doing. First, they went in on the Revival while they were in the shower together. Which is... Really creepy, frankly. It makes Jimmy and Jay seem like real creepers. And then this week, they went into the Revival's underpants and put Icy Hot for a public humiliation of the Revival, whose big crime was thinking that they're a good tag team, basically. Yeah, but I'm going to take a little contrarian point of view here. Um, And people will know that there are certain moments in time on certain shows or in certain documentaries or certain quotes you'll hear that stick with me, and I use them as a basis for my point of view on this company. And one of those, it's one I'm not even sure they that that the guy saying this believes, but I somebody I do think does believe this. 
If you watch, there's a table for three on the network with William Regal. I believe it's Wade Barrett, and I think it's also Seamus. I think it's those three. And William Regal looks at the two guys he's sitting with. I know it is William Regal. And he says, no one will ever remember you for your great matches. They'll remember you for moments where you entertained them or you made them feel. And that's why the moment I came out cross-dressing is one of the proudest moments of my wrestling career. Now, I don't know if William Regal actually believes that. But he knows that but somebody think, does believe that, which is why it's I coming out of his mouth. somebody in the company believes that. Which brings me to this point. Vince McMahon does not understand wrestlers. He looks at guys and goes, what's your hook? So you'd get these gimmicks like ladies man Dean Malenko or dancing Lance Storm who had a giant package. And Vince, in his mind, wasn't trying to bury these guys, in my opinion. He was trying to see if he could salvage them for something within the WWE mindset. Right. It's like Dusty and the Polka Dots. Although that was obviously a rib. But in his mind, also... Well, Dusty, if he's so good, he could work that because that's entertaining. There's something, uh, the polka dots are iconic. In his mind, like, Dusty should have been able to overcome that. I think he thinks he's helping the revival here in some way. I, I think, it, or it's... I'm not like 100% sold hey, on that. I, I, I think that... No, I'm not either. I'm not that's either. That's a possibility, and, I, and I'm definitely with you that there is a viable narrative well, but i also think that not unlike dusty with the polka dots okay let me try let me try let me try another angle of the same point it's a challenge to them that we'll see what they do with this and if they sell the hell out of it or if they can get it over then maybe something to the effect of he doubles the offer to the revival to stay he's testing them quote unquote to see if they will play ball within the WWE system, etc. Because he kind of did that with CM Punk. If you remember that story, he goes, "I'm gonna, I got a real big test for you, Punk. I'm gonna turn you heel." And Punk's like, "Oh, okay, fine, I can do that." This one is more mean spirited. I'll give you that. I am not convinced at all. It's not a burial. Okay. I mean that Occam's Razor just, says that this is just a giant burial yes, and that this yes. is a Kobayashi Maru impossible to overcome scenario. Yes. And uh, <laughs> what's the revival's crime? They cared about the tag team division. We're going back into caring again, kids. I'm just I'm <laughs> You got Sammy saying the voice of the I mean you can kind of start stacking all of these things together, and it's almost like a letter being written to anyone who actually emotionally invests in the product on any level. And Vince is saying, all I want is people who are not particularly invested in this product. I don't want any of you to care too much because I want to have the luxury of being able to move the pieces around as I see fit from week to week. Yes. Yes. There. Look, I have my vision of what I want the product to be, Today, you people right care now. about things that I don't. Uh, you care about things I don't care about. And why aren't you people just happy being entertained? It's the WWE. We're a family-friendly product. Look, 
We do make a wish foundation wishes, and we make children happy. Why are you <laughs> neck-bearded losers with podcasts deconstructing it when you could just be happy and watch? Neither of us have beards, for the record. But you don't anymore. No, okay. no, I, I, I shave. Yeah. I, you know, and, and, oh. yeah, yeah, I shave. Yeah. Just, just check. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> and I definitely don't have a neck beard, buddy. Uh, I, I, that, that is not a problem. I am doing a simple pejorative no, about I, wrestling I, I fans. No, it's this was clearly a pointed <laughs> dig at me, Jeff, and it, it hurt me. No, it, Chris, if I was gonna make a pointed dig at you, I'd mention the cats. Mm, mm. Well, Trisha has my back on this. Okay. Mm, I, I hope. Anyways, point being, Jeff, let's recap the first two hours of Raw real quick. I just in, in bullet points here. So we have two segments okay. of Vince doing promos. He announces the wild card. That goes on for nearly 30 minutes. Then we have the Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley match. That is a 20-minute match. That goes on for several segments. We have the Sami Zayn promo where Sami Zayn ends up in a dumpster. We'll go back to those things. We had the six-man tag match with the Lucha House Party. That was a minute and six seconds. We have Ricochet. They like to have fun, Chris. Yes. Ricochet defeats Robert Roode in four minutes and 20 seconds, and then we get to a Samoa Joe promo. That was nearly two hours of live television. Why would you stay around for that? What is keeping you around? Are you there for the exciting Lucha House Party versus the Jobbers match? Or are you emotionally invested in this thrilling Ricochet versus Robert Roode feud? It's it's bad television. It's bad characterization. Sami Zayn gets crushed by a dumpster. He's he's back on TV the next night. He's Oscar the Grouch now. That's his character. And he smells like trash. That's oh, his I love trash. <laughs> um, the Lucha House Party. After watching uh, the, all of that, Michael Cole comes right back and says, "They like to have fun." Remember That's when we thought they that they had kind that. of found a thing with the Lucha House Party as like the ambassadors yes. of Two Hundred Five Live, and we were on board with that. I want to stay positive. I really do. But what the hell was this? Ricochet. They give him the story of, well, he thought he'd never make any money. <laughs> in sports entertainment until he got to the WWE. He's just a down-on-his-luck kid. He's not the greatest aerial wrestler in the world. He's just a young kid looking for a chance from the benevolent WWE. And here he is, getting his win back against Robert Roode, who we wasted a victory on two weeks ago, and we got to make up for it because... Too many people complained that last week him being put in the Money in the Bank match didn't make sense. But that's why I'll we're getting this kudos. meta-characterization. I'll give you kudos. That's why we're getting yeah, the meta-characterization. It's a rib on us. Okay, yeah, sure. Ricochet will get that back. But now we're also going to rib the entire career that he built up for himself in this new character yeah. that we're giving him. Yeah. I <laughs> Look, you got to give credit where due. They saw the, uh, they saw the logical hole. It's just it's a week too late to kind of fix it, guys, because you already made the match. So nobody's really expecting Bobby Roode to get into this Money in the Bank match. I don't think anybody was sitting there going, man, I bet you Bobby Roode beats him again, gets in this Money in the Bank match. Everybody saw this. If, if, this company, if the crowd is ahead of you on the story, it's a bad story. 
How about that? Yeah, well, sometimes the crowd can be a little ahead of you, and it can still be fun. Yes. If there's something yes. interesting in the way you're telling the story. But this isn't that. This was a four-minute and 20-second match. Yes. How, how, I forgot how long the uh, the Bobby Roode victory was, but it was a lot longer because they didn't want to exactly bury Ricochet on that one. Right. But they sure as hell buried Rude on this. Which sort of destroys the point of the Rick Rude-style Bobby Rude invention. Yeah. Yeah. They've already lost faith in it. So go sit in the back with Cedric Alexander, who hasn't been on since his vignette. We have a Lacey Evans squash match. I Fine with that. I, I, yeah, until... The man comes out, and then Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch are beating each other up two weeks before their match at Money in the Bank. I I know. Although, <laughs> she sent us invitations that smell like peach cobbler. Okay, we get it. She's a we southern belle, Jeff. But she She's also a has sassy southern belle. a women's She's right. A sassy yeah. southern yes, I Don't call her sexy. Don't call her sexy. She's sassy, Chris. I'm just, I can't, I can't anymore. Nope. I'm so, nope. I'm so defeated by all this. No, well, I, no, 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 Jeff, we need to talk about the Viking Raiders now. Let's talk about the Viking Raiders. And, call the yeah. Finisher, the Viking Experience. The Viking Experience um, destroyed the tag team champions, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Who are geeks! They're geeks! Why? Every team beats Ryder and Hawkins except for the Revival. Yep. And I made a joke, who are the tag team champions, and people were taking guesses and they didn't know. And then I yep. apologized for the joke because I, I didn't want anyone to think it was mean-spirited. I wasn't asking it. I was saying it as a joke. I wasn't trying to be mean-spirited. But that told me everything I need to know about the tag team champions on Raw. On Raw. Why not? Why not just make it a title match? Just take it. They take the, the belts titles off. Are coming them. off sooner than later. Uh, the hell yeah, with just it. Take the belts the off hell with them. it. Just take the belts off them. They don't matter. They don't matter. Yeah. That those don't matter. The, the SmackDown tag team titles don't matter. They don't matter. That's been the big message, and you've you've made your point. And the ratings show you've made your point. The titles don't matter, and the ratings reflect that. Look, they're aware of what the problems are, and and, and the they, solution is more. Yeah, more. More McMahon's. Yeah, more McMahon's. More McMahon's. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll add the unpredictable <laughs> element every week, Jeff. But the predictable element is that it's going to be McMahon's doing the unpredictable things. Yes. Yes. Can't wait for Stephanie and Triple H to be in the ball. No, you know, that's the no nice way. part. I don't have to wait for that. I, 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 like, that's the thing. I, I, we, we don't have to wait for that. This does not have to happen to us. We can, we can do better for ourselves, Jeff. We can watch Vader matches. It doesn't need to be Shakespeare, man. We're talking about 1993 WCW here. I I don't need Shakespeare. I I just need you know the snowy day. I could use a children's book in terms of logic. Good night, Moon has a lot of plot development. Good night, Moon. I think sure. compared to this, sure, yeah. <laughs> Jack and Jill went up a hill. Why to fetch a pail of water? Okay, yeah, but what then happened? what happened? Jack falls down. Broke his crown. Okay. Was there any fallout from that? Yes. Jill came tumbling after. Boom. Look at that. They started together. They ended together. There's a parallel there. Simple. (laughs) God. 
Old men yell at clowns. That's going to be the name of this episode. Liberate me, Jeff. <laughs> Free me. <laughs> Free me. Oh, what happened after that? Um, that's oh, two well, hours. that's when the that's when the Usi hot showed up, Jeff, and uh, the revival oh. had groin problems. Let me tell you something. The revival, as much as I hate this thing, are selling this like champs. Yeah, sure. They. I, th- Scott Dawson doing the dog butt rub against the mat had me howling. That's the one thing I'll give to them is they're gifted comedic performers. No, they do that well. I think if I didn't view the whole segment in such a deeply negative light and a mean-spirited light, I would have been able to really appreciate the craft of what Dash and Dawson were doing because they were doing a great job. Scott Dawson is excellent at selling, and this segment proves that Scott Dawson can physically sell pretty much anything. He's a very, very gifted physical actor. But this is just a complete fucking waste of his talent. Yeah, well, in a real professional wrestling company, this w- you can have this kind of sketch. I mean, God knows, we had the Rock and Roll Express getting Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express... They would do faces in a case. Yes, of course. Buffoonish stuff but, would happen to the Midnights all the time. But the Midnights would come back and make you bleed. And, and they had try a mean and, side and to them. end your career. Yeah. They had a mean streak that they could then go back and go, Oh, you're gonna embarrass us? Well, look at what you're dealing with now. They raised the We're stakes. badasses. They raised yes. the stakes. So what and should be happening the won't be is the revival should be raising the stakes on the Usos at this point, but in like a serious, serious way. And I have no confidence, none at all, that WWE can on the main roster can execute that sort of a move. And you wouldn't do this. No, gimmick. because they don't want they don't want that they don't want that kind of heat because nope. they think of it as nope. a child, no, children's No, that's product. not children friendly, right? Even even though kids watched territory wrestling all the time look i watched blood and guts when i was 10 sitting in front of the tv watching the nwa probably scarred me for life but i watched it didn't i didn't go out and do anything bad to anybody that i know of okay well jeff blacks out some of his memories and also if you follow us on shake them ropes he might stalk you so just keep those two things in your mind if you consider following us on twitter how how is that a plug Uh, is it like a PSA? No, I have never stalked anybody on Twitter. No, I'm you. You take. Oh, I see the on Twitter there. I see what you're doing. Okay, so Kofi Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I need to laugh because I. I we should have just gone see an Avengers Endgame tonight. We could have. You know, I still haven't seen it yet. It would have been nice. Um, Go ahead. Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan have a nothing match because you don't think that Kofi Kingston is going to drop the belt on Raw, so you're not invested in it. And if they made Kofi Kingston drop the belt on Raw, then I wouldn't be invested in it. So it was a double bind, but the nice part about this double bind is no matter how you cashed it out, I was going to hate it. Dare I say there was a lack of chemistry between the two of them? Yeah, you know match? what? Kofi Kingston, especially when he was in the ring tonight with AJ Styles, he just looks slow. Yeah. Can I say it? Like that trouble of paradise at the end of the match. Eey. Well, I mean, just in the Daniel Bryan match especially, too, it looked like they were, you know, not communicating I would say well. the, tr- the trouble in paradise at the end of the Daniel Bryan match. You know, it's... I can't 
I you can't see get behind- what all that time in the WWE system has done to Kofi Kingston's match sensibilities. Chris, the pro- uh, the problem with the brand split is shown here because I don't care about the WWE championship when I have a universal championship around. And so it's not a special treat for me to see this match on Raw because it's about a belt that doesn't matter. You know, it's funny, though, because I don't really care about the Universal Championship all that much either because I've seen this Seth Rollins as Universal Champion storyline. This is the most uninspired version of that one yet. This is interesting. Let, let me ask you something. Okay. Was the Brock Lesnar Universal title reign significant? No. I don't think so. I, yes, in a, it, only in negative ways. I think it was significant in that it put them in a very hard out situation once they turned Brock Lesnar heel because they never had a clear way of doing a heat transfer. And they never had a clear person to do that heat transfer onto. And they thought it could be Roman. And then the timeline didn't quite work out. So it couldn't be Roman. And they don't really buy into Seth at that level. So then you really just parked the Universal title, which is your most important title, onto Brock Lesnar, made everyone hate the fact that this title was never on TV, and also grow accustomed to the idea that, like, hey, you know, there's, like, really the title over on SmackDown, and you don't really need this title on Raw. And so now Seth has it, but it doesn't feel special because that feud against Brock Lesnar didn't feel special. And also part part of the reason he doesn't feel special is because he, he talked about how much he he loved the company as opposed to it being an individual achievement that put him over. <clears throat> I'm going to ask this. Since, let's say, 2011, so let's give it eight years or so, for the top belt, what have been the significant reigns or wins? Because I can think of two. Daniel Bryan, like CM Punk winning the title. CM Punk. Daniel Bryan. Yes. Those are the only two to me. I don't don't feel, you know, I thought Brock Brock Lesnar to me was a draw. Don't get me wrong. I think he was a draw because... Every time he came out, it was going to be badass. Maybe Goldberg. Maybe the Goldberg reign. Oh, yes. I I will give you that. The Goldberg part of the Brock Lesnar title run was very well done. And I I won't take away from that. I liked that story. I really did. But that story also had a beginning, middle, and end. And they had it planned out. Yes. Which is completely out of character for everything else. The wild card rule wouldn't have worked in that feud. Yeah. The wild card. No, but it's that simple, Jeff. It really is. You don't have to overthink it. How how soon until the wild card rule gets thrown out? Right, and then what? Uh, and then it might come no back. No more brand split. You know, that's the problem. No more brand split. We just combine these rosters, and we have everybody on there, and we get rid of any SmackDown It's an erosion title. of confidence. Is what you, you People don't trust the world that is being created is going to be there from week to week. Yes. Yeah, you need to, I mean, look, you can have a fantasy world, you just have to set a few rules in there and and be consistent with them. That's all you need. And if you're going to change rules, change one every once in a while. <laughs> this is, I used to have a friend, we'd always go to their house and we'd play, you know, we'd play games and they'd always, if they were losing, they'd always just change rules of the game as you're going in and eventually it's just like, why am I playing this game with you? This sucks. I'm going to leave. And that's what people are doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you're just seeing it in the numbers. I mean, you saw in the numbers for Raw, right? Like, that, that ebb off was really bad. They finished with, like, 2 million people watching the show. That's low, man. Yeah. That's really low. And it's, it's, and it's because people, the guys in the company aren't stars. The company is the star. And you're just... But the company isn't a star. Yeah, it's, it's... <laughs> I swear, I made this joke once, but I'd really like a version of Boogie Nights, but about professional wrestling and with like the Burt Reynolds role being Vince McMahon, because everybody everybody believes they're doing high art there too. They think they're doing great television and real television, and we're really doing things for people. I mean, they're as deluded as the porn people in Boogie Nights. Look, he got this big contract with Fox News, or not Fox News, but Fox TV. He he got the stock price up to like what a hundred dollars a share. Maybe we're wrong, point. He, Chris. Maybe we're wrong because because the company is going to survive and thrive and and it has a nice maybe look, two million isn't a bad base yeah. of people. It's not. It's it's built mm-hmm. in. It's there. Yeah, but but man, you go to shows and people who, are very are happy leaving. They're who, cheering. Who are those people? I I just don't know. I'm. Okay, what else happened on Raw? Let's let's get the oh we had the uh we had the Dominic Joe uh <laughs> promo where Joe's cutting a hell of a promo and Dominic just isn't selling it at all. I was like, dude, you've been in some great angles here. You sold as a child. He's <laughs> just he's standing there basically chewing gum. While Joe's got a promo on his dad, at least look intimidated. I know you've trained with Lance Storm. I know you're probably going to get brought in at some point into this angle. It it just, it, I was like, who is who is producing this, this, this segment and sees that Dominic is not mentally into the situation, doesn't call cut and start again. After getting him mentally focused, I just it 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 angered me, Chris, because they probably did it live and in one take, and just moved on like Ed Wood. Then we move on to SmackDown, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Where the wild card yeah. rule is in effect. Let me just summarize the show real quick, like in terms of here's what was on the card in terms of matches. We had Ali and Andrade interrupted by Randy Orton. We had. Daniel Bryan and Rowan um, defeating the Usos to win the tag team titles that were vacated. They almost got handed to. Manny Rose and Sonya Deville defeated Ember Moon and Carmella. And then Kofi Kingston had a significant match of, of epic proportions for the WWE Championship one night after he had his last match for the WWE Championship because that's how you book your top title. And he defeated AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. For the men's money in the bank, who is championship material going into that match? Based on the builds. I mean, you might as well just put it on Randy Orton. It's, well, Randy's the only one strong here. Andrade right. gets beat and, up. And, and, and he has been written over the last six months in the laziest possible way. Yeah. Just come out and do an arcade. I mean, you, you beat Drew on Monday. Corbin's been getting beat for weeks. 
Ollie cuts this ridiculous promo about like light and it's inspiring and all of that, and then he just gets reduced to rubble. And he gets RKO'd. Andrade's yep. been losing. Ricochet lost to Bobby to Robert Roode, which we were reminded of by trying to clean that up. I get it. Um who who else is in this match of the eight that I'm forgetting? Uh but see, it doesn't matter. I mean, who who out of all that know. In this, it, oh, it's, no, Cesaro's not in it. He was originally in it. Um, God, I gotta go find that. But the, the point is, instead of having eight title contenders or people you're going, man, they could win and they could put the title on them and they'd be a champion and they, you know, they, they draw some interest of some kind. You're just thinking, man, these are eight guys who are okay. I don't care if Ali goes for the title. I don't. I, I like don't. Mustafa Ali. Exactly. It, it, the, but but he's not even Mustafa Ali anymore. He's Ali. I don't care if Ali goes for the title. Right. He's he's a guy who had a, had had some heat going in, and you kept changing things, and, and, and you, you wild carded yes. him. Yes. You, you wild carded Mustafa Ali into Ali. Ooh, wild card. You changed this gimmick. He had one look. You changed his look another time. Sonya Deville, another person who's been wild carded, uh, who had an MMA gimmick, who had something that was actually formidable, and I don't know how good she was at MMA, but she came off as kind of mean, and now she's got acid wash jeans. What's wrong with acid wash jeans? What do you got against those? <laughs> Jeff, look what you choose to wear when we're not on the air. I'm totally fine with it. And you, you know, I, I, I believe everyone has the right to be wrong, but. The, nah, acid wash jeans are. I'm, a, I'm of the man. opinion they're, we're do, we're evil. doing the slow breakup here, and Mandy probably wins the wins the briefcase, gets the title, and then Sonya asks for a title shot, and then yeah, and then because we've been doing this story four times now, but um, another guy wild carded, Alistair okay. Black. Why is this guy Ooh. talking this much? Why am I? Oh, but he's emo- discovered the dictionary, Jeff. He has the dictionary now, indubitably. Wild card. He's he's emo Raven. He's just. <laughs> I'm going to apologize to all of my victims because I have the thirst <laughs> for the glory. Oh God! Oh, you were such a badass, and then it's like we epidermal, cut. subterranean, <laughs> decimate, maverick, decimates. <laughs> Championship opportunity. <laughs> oh God, I was listening. God. I was listening to that, and I'm. I'm it's Alistair Black, Jeff. It's Alistair Black, who what I like. Hell, who I liked in NXT, what the hell? and I'm yelling because I'm listening on my phone in my car as I, as I'm driving home, and I'm yelling, "Shut up! Shut no. up! I'm tired of hearing this stuff. Shut up! Kick someone in the face. That's all I want from you. Just shut up." Oh my god, I'm just, I was so crestfallen. That was the moment, that was the moment tonight where I just went, I mean. He needed to pop in Dracula fangs at the end of the promo. And werewolf ears. (laughs) So he has Dracula fangs, werewolf ears, the hell with it, let's just go with it. Give him some mummy bandages too. (laughs) It's like, yeah, show me, don't tell me. I, I like, I like a good promo. This is not a good promo, this is, this is. This is teenage in his room drawing pentagrams on his notebook on his math notebook. Alistair Black. <laughs> yeah, 
the 14-year-old, I am 14 and this is deep, and he's made his own symbol, and that symbol stands for him. Yeah. <laughs> but but it looks like a bunch of things that you would just find in generic mystic books. My parents go to church on Sunday. I'm going to become a Satanist just to rebel against them. Okay, great. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, I could not believe that. I was just like... It's like, okay, 30 seconds is fine, and then it kept going, and I'm just like, oh, all right. Uh, what was next? No, 30 seconds wasn't even fine. I think you're being too generous. You know what I will say? I will say that I still kind of like the Bray segments. I have no faith that these are going anywhere of any import, but they are... I'm still interested. It's fading. I howled. I, no, I I enjoyed. I enjoyed the line... He tried to bring me into his bohemian ways. I was like, yes, yes, straight and narrow. That's the way to go, Bray. Don't, don't, don't deal with those pot-smoking types. No, you don't want the bohemian ways. Oh, of, of laid back. <laughs> I feel like this is ter- You're reviewing a note. So, and we're, was, we're no longer on SmackDown anymore. It, well, it was such a weird. <laughs> it was such a weird line in the sketch because I was just like, Ramblin' Rabbit or Rambunctious Rabbit or whatever it didn't I seem didn't bohemian. Get bohemian. To me. Yeah. I didn't get a, a, a one lick of bohemian for Rambling Rabbit. No, I, I'm completely with you on that. I, I I if anything, he was like talking about Sister Abigail last week, but that's part of part of this is too symbolic. I get that Mercy the Buzzard is invoking Will and Mercy. I mean Mercy the Buzzard Bray's doing a Will and Mercy style voice and even invoked know what I mean. Yeah. I thought I thought I thought the rabbit might be symbolic of something, but then it was like, <laughs> but of who? Oh, and, but not no. Uh, Eric Rowan was a sheep. Well, yeah, but I, I just would, meant some yeah. some part of his personality or something. But but when they said he was bohemian, I was like, wait, no, he wasn't that laid back. That rabbit was kind of dark, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, his head was weird and unsettling. I mean, it'd be one thing if he like had come up with like a bong and like uh, you know, a couple of uh. You know, hey man, let's c- what's up, dude? He hands Bray a joint, and Bray takes a rip of it. Let's go listen to some Grateful Dead and talk about how entering a farmer's commune so that we can all share in the land and stuff. That would be bohemian to me. <laughs> Whatever the hell that rabbit was doing last week was not bohemian, but the line cracked me up to no end because I'm just like, wow, that's dark in a way, but. It- it's dark, and it's also like a deep non sequitur, and I definitely appreciate non sequitur as a form of humor. You and I have discussed Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and like that's nothing if not strings of non sequitur, yes. one after another. And so I guess these segments are scratching that itch, and there is a wink, wink, nod, nod to people who know like 90s wrestling, so people our age with all of this going on, but... I don't know how any of this ever tracks into a WWE main roster wrestling ring. Yeah, I, I'm guessing it. I'm guessing like one day and God knows how long because it doesn't also seem. I mean, I guess you could call this progress. Like if another puppet dies next week, then then we'll have another progress until we kill all the puppets. And then we introduce Bray to a match where he kills some prelim guy. And and goes on his merry way, but I, I'm not seeing. I'm I'm not seeing how you go from this to an introduction but of a can wrestler. Can Mercy kill Abigail the witch? 
that feels weird, right? Like, I mean, the way we've established Mercy the Buzzard, you follow the buzzard, and it, it feels like Mercy is clearly a darker character than Rambling Rabbit, uh, for no other reason than Rambling Rabbit is no longer with us. And May he Abigail rest in peace. doesn't see. Maybe yeah, have- no, no, for sure, for sure. He will be missed. I, I don't want to. I don't want to just gloss over that for sure. But then we have Abigail the witch, and she's been so important to the Bray character thus far. It would feel really weird to have Mercy the Buzzard kill Abigail, but it also feel equally weird to have Abigail kill Mercy the Buzzard at this point because of the way you've raised the stakes with Mercy the Buzzard. Dare I say, I don't know if they have an endgame to this, because remember, no, we're not I, supposed I think to we're care. In like, uh, yeah, right, we're in a week-to-week thing, and, and it's like uh, when we had the fashion police. This, yeah, this, and they is, wrote this, that is, popping, style this thing. is popping somebody backstage, so they're just going to continue to make more of it without any real... You know, overarching story arc to it, but you know, I like it. It's just, and I think Bray is good enough too. I think Bray is a hell of an actor. I do. I, He's not failing these segments. I that's not our criticism no. here. And I actually even like the out of all of this is a meta stage play going on in his mind, and these segments are ways for us to see how Bray processes the world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love that, but that's not the worst out to all of this, but it is what it is also. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to, I'm thinking of this from a pro wrestling standpoint where I'm going, okay, what's going to, what's going to make people want to cheer or boo him when he goes into a match and how can they get out of that with these sketches? Because right now what they're being, and I don't what, really right know now, what the direct reaction is to these sketches because it's not like they're being entertaining. You, why it's would entertaining. you boo? No, I know, yeah, like, why would you boo the murder of Rambling Rabbit, who is an unsettling rabbit? Yeah, it's, it's... You know, I mean, yeah, okay, Mercy the Buzzard kind of makes you uncomfortable, sure, but, like, boo, Mercy, you killed the uncomfortable rabbit. See, I, I get this feeling they're just gonna, they're just gonna reboot him as the guy with the Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> you know, doing the Max Cady thing from, from, uh, Cape Fear. And oh look, it's it's the Bray Wyatt you once knew. He's no longer that. Yeah, weird I feel like we're going to get Will and Mercy only as like a t- children's television show host, which is very dark. Yeah. Oh god. Especially for what's supposed to be a kids' product, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but the Usos are the problem, you see, Jeff. Yeah. Well. Too edgy. Too edgy. Too edgy. But just, not this character. Man, that just. <laughs> In two weeks, the Usos have gone from, you know. They can scream, welcome to the Uso Penitentiary, but <laughs> they've gone to taping guys, shaving, and now pulling Invading pranks. in the shower. Making lovable prankster yes. jokes. they got to come yeah. out throwing waffles next week. No, but this is very Vince McMahon thinking that throwing people into a pool yeah, is one of the is. funniest things that you can do. Mean-spirited humor is, is good with him. Uh, I, I get it. So, Daniel Bryan, hot off his loss the night prior, he needed to be rebuilt. That's that's true. Sure, why not? But he wins the tag team titles with Eric Rowan, but he was going to get handed the tag team titles by Shane McMahon. And then they have a match against the Usos, and you kind of feel like, nope, the Usos aren't going to win this title match. And, you know, fairly lengthy match. But then Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan end up as your tag team champions, which you could see coming from a mile away. Yeah, and there's only one team to feud with him, really. 
on this roster, and that's heavy machinery, and you got that. Uh, that's not true, Jeff, because you got the wild card, wild card, wild card. <laughs> uh, I thought for sure Shane was going to award it to the B team for their, their help, but uh, it was an interesting twist. It was a good match. But, yeah, I didn't believe for a second the Usos were going to be shipped back to SmackDown that quick. I, th- I actually thought the Revival were going to come out. I did. I thought that that was going to be their punishment was get sent to Siberia where you have to take The on- more interesting angle would have been to give it to the B-team and have the B-team win banana peel-style victories as heels for several weeks, for like two months. They have, And they think that they're really great wrestlers. They they have the delusional, oh, we're really great. Like, yeah, but we've seen that story. We've image. seen that story, though. Uh, but you saw that story when they were baby faces. Okay, that's but true. But this would be the inversion of that as them as heels, and I think it would actually get some good heel heat. Okay, I go with that. Yeah, yeah, but but it's not going to happen. Instead, we're doing this with Daniel Bryan, uh, with Eric Rowan. I, now, I like Eric Rowan as Daniel Bryan's big muscle. I hate Eric Rowan as Daniel Bryan's regular tag team partner. Look, they are life partners. They are philosophically equal philosophical equals um the man's a vintner he's a vintner he also plays classical guitar he reads nietzsche it's it's great you know they can talk they can discuss uh <laughs> nihilism together um yeah i mean but you need i mean again th- i mean there's not a deep tag division on the smackdown side so you kind of have to put people together and uh you know and now they can uh now we can rebuild tucky and uh Otis, the uh the brothers machinery. All right. I'm and I guess yeah, no, I mean and they'll eventually pin Eric Rowan. Yeah. And get the tag titles off of Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. I already know how this story ends. Oh, do you think heavy machinery gets the titles? Who knows? Okay. Maybe not. I, I just probably not. That's kind of interesting to me. I was like, okay, heavy machinery has your tag champs. I guess. Because it gets it gets Daniel Bryan out of the title picture, at least through uh Saudi Arabia. Which is right. a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it could be a quick drop. I mean, that's the thing. That because this rain was set up so illegitimately, it seems just as likely to me that it could be wiped away very quickly. Well, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I did not use any foul language on this episode. I thought I would, but I decided not oh, to. Oh, did you want to talk about Kofi and AJ Styles and Sami Zayn? Oh, um, no. Yeah. It was a I mean, match. It was, the, it was the main event. It was a match. <laughs> it was a match where I expected Sami Zayn to lose <laughs> because, yep. because you know, we've already established that no- nothing changes It wouldn't make cards. any sense to have Kofi lose the title the night after Raw right. when he just defended the title, mm-hmm. so you already know that he's going to get out of this week of television title defenses. And they never, and I, I, they never no. and, give us that possibility. They never give, because they go, oh, he's there's opponent at Money in the Bank. I go... Yeah, but at least tell us if he loses, he gets replaced. Just do that yeah, little you, bit. Yeah, you start teasing out these like possible match pairings, and they seem absolutely impossible. Give me the give me the graphic of Money in the Bank with just the title, and Kevin Owens will be fighting for it, depending on who the champ is. That's all I want. But I can't even get that because that won't that won't, we can't build that. We gotta have Kofi in there the whole time. So that everybody loses interest in all his matches because they know he's going to win every time. Okay, great. And it was a it was a fine match. Don't get me wrong. I liked Kevin Owens' inclusion. That you know would kill kill Xavier Woods some more, make Kofi angry, and then okay, again, 
Don't have him come out throwing pancakes. Have him be actually angry. But Yeah, but no, no. We have Captain Pancakes, Hungry Jack, and the Syrup Brigade. I'm done. And that's our Wolf I'm champion. done, Chris. I can't talk anymore about these two shows. Let's end the show. Yeah. Oh, at Chris Dovenbrino on Twitter. At CrapGame13. Whatever. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.